Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features, get your free mind snack now. Today we'll unlock the Booker template for understanding big debt crises. The subprime mortgage crisis of 2007 triggered a global depression that devastated major financial markets everywhere, from the United States all the way to Japan. Even Warren Buffett's funds suffered a rare 9.6% loss. In contrast, Ray Dalio's Bridgewater associate managed a high return of 14%. Is Dalio better than Buffett? Not necessarily, but it is powerful proof that Dalio is one of the few people who can successfully navigate a crisis. Dalio does not come from a financial family. His father was in the music business, and his mother was a housewife. His interest in the financial investment world came during his childhood job as a caddy. When he was 12, he caddied at a golf club that many Wall Street traders and fund managers attended. He learned about investing from his conversations with these people and fell in love with it. Dalio started trading stocks when he was still in middle school, and in the fall of 1967 he enrolled at Long Island University, majoring in finance. He graduated in 1971 with a near-perfect GPA, and was accepted into Harvard Business School. After graduating, Dalio went to work as a head of commodities at a securities firm, earning a higher base salary than any of his graduating classmates from Harvard. He later moved to another securities firm to hedge futures. Although he was a professional, his wild personality did not fit the company culture. After punching his boss in the face, he was fired and decided to start his own business. Dalio has been working hard in the financial investment field for more than 40 years. In his own financial battles, he has both failed miserably and achieved greatly. This volatile investment market tests not only the professional qualities of the investor, but also their courage and determination. Dalio and Bridgewater Associates take experience from previous investments while continuously studying and comparing global investment cases and economic crisis evolution over the past 100 years. They do this in order to summarize basic models and treatment methods to deal with the unpredictable financial market. An economic crisis is seen as essentially a debt crisis, and this is where Dalio focuses his research. Having found general patterns from analyzing years of debt crises, he lays out these findings and summarizes effective tools for different countries' and regions' responses to specific situations. Through this book, we will better understand the role of debt in economic development and the crisis caused by debt expansion. We will learn the characteristics of the various stages of the debt cycle and how to deal with debt crises. As ordinary investors, it may be difficult to influence economic measures on a macro level. Yet with Dalio's guidance, we will better understand trends in our daily economic activities, anticipate effects of macro measures on our lives, respond to them quicker and make better decisions. Next, we will summarize this book in three parts. Part 1, How Debt is a Mixed Blessing. Part 2, Patterns of the Archetypal Debt Cycle. Part 3, 
General Measures to Deal with Debt Crises Suppose you are a decision-maker and decide to build a $1 billion subway system. However, you have to raise the money for construction through bank loans and then use the subway's operating income to repay them. Assuming the subway system is in operation for 25 years, the annual payback would be more than $40 million, a fraction of the expected revenue. In this case, should policymakers take on debt to build the subway? The answer is positive, because it may take more than a decade to raise your own funds. The cost of various items may greatly increase during this time, so it seems more reasonable to borrow money to build the subway and then repay it slowly. Such economic decisions are common today. But humans did not always have this type of understanding, so when did we start to make these choices? It is due to the demand-driven nature of economic development. This is something we discussed in detail in Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind. Intelligent people such as Dalio were quick to see the benefits of borrowing from the various economic activities of society. On a personal level, buying a home on a mortgage is living proof. People have to wait until they have enough money to buy a home in financially underdeveloped areas, but may never be able to afford it. From the perspective of a company, if it has to wait for profits to be generated, and then use its own money to expand production, it may be a long process with missed opportunities. At a national level, Germany and the United States could not have developed without borrowing from banks for construction. Dalio argues that credit is about giving purchasing power to people, which is a good thing compared to a lack of credit that slows growth. Societies with stable financial systems strongly feel the benefits of credit to individual and social development. But have you ever wondered what would happen if we can't repay the money? In economic terms, once you borrow money you then create a cycle. What does that mean? Let's make an assumption, if you buy something you can't afford right now, your spending will inevitably exceed your income. When you borrow money, you're borrowing from both the lender and from your future self. Eventually you'll have to lower your consumption to pay down your debt. This pattern of borrowing, spending, and retrenching is what we call a cycle. Borrowers normally assess their future solvency, and take on a smaller amount of debt as long as they limit their desire. But if your desires increase or the economy doesn't grow as fast as expected, your future income won't be enough to cover the debt you'll have to repay. This means taking on a lot of debt can make it difficult to pay it off. This is when a crisis occurs and individuals face bankruptcy. This is a debt crisis at the personal level. Debt crises at the macro level are similar. It is worth noting that economists consider it a debt crisis long before what ordinary people would consider being unable to pay the bills. Like individual behavior, macroeconomic behavior such as an increased economic growth rate can lead to easy credit due to plausible short-term returns. Lending normally creates a self-reinforcing upward movement. Lenient credit makes it easier for both individuals and businesses to borrow money, which increases spending and investment throughout society. Since one person's spending is another person's income, an increase in spending in society leads to increases in overall income. At the same time, 
increased investment will push up asset prices. For example, many people borrowing money to invest in real estate will lead to a rise in housing prices. As income and assets rise, the borrower's credit increases which leads to further borrowing. This borrowed money would then be used for spending and investment, further driving up income and asset prices until it exceeds the level that economic productivity can sustain. For a variety of reasons, it is expected that an economy sustained by loans will continue to grow due to incomes and asset prices constantly rising. But growth that survives only by borrowing is unsustainable without the support of productivity. Once debt and its costs grow faster than the income needed to service it, a debt crisis occurs? Economists raised concerns because of this even as lending increased. They expected a debt bubble to form due to reckless lending and unrealistic expectations, leading to massive debts that could not be repaid. Dalio's study finds that historically only a few well-disciplined countries have avoided debt crises. If credit standards are too tight, debt problems may be rare but can lead to an underdeveloped economy. So rather than trying to avoid the crisis, it is better to study the debt cycle's rules to predict the economic trend and formulate corresponding countermeasures. We have reached the end of part 1. Here we have learned the role of debt in promoting personal and social development. We have also learned of the crises that debt can bring. So, what are the patterns of debt activity? Let's find out in part 2 of this bookie, the pattern of the archetypal debt cycle. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play, get your free mind snack now.